You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels. I'm your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 55. For this uh, episode of the podcast, I'm going to be interviewing internationally best-selling author Tess Gerritsen. Uh, Tess Gerritsen took an unusual route to a writing career. She's a graduate of Stanford University, and Tess went on to uh, medical school at the University of California in San Francisco, which is about a few miles from where I'm recording this right now. And she was awarded her MD at uh, UCSF, and it was while on maternity leave uh, from her work as a physician that she began to write fiction. In 1987, her first novel was published, called After Midnight, a romantic thriller, uh, which was followed by eight more romantic uh, suspense novels. Uh, she also wrote a screenplay, Adrift, which aired as a 1993 CBS movie of the week starring Kate Jackson. Uh, Tessa's first medical thriller, Harvest, was released in hardcover in 1996, and it marked her debut on the New York Times bestseller list. After several best-selling standalone medical thrillers, Tess Garrison created one of the most memorable teams in crime fiction, Boston PD, Jane Rizzoli, and medical examiner Maura Isles, which inspired the hit television series Rizzoli and Isles, starring Angie Harmon and Sasha Alexander. Uh, Garrison returns with her highly anticipated new novel, I Know a Secret, uh, which is now available. I've now read uh, two chapters. Uh, it's uh, starting out great, uh, so I'm looking forward to... Uh, Getting back to reading that after I <laughs> record this intro. Uh, it's an edge of your seat uh, read and uh, a crime uh, case uh, steeped in unsettling uh, rituals. Uh, Noah's Secret is uh, classic Garrison, has authentic medical details. Uh, it's been a gripping read uh, with characters that you, that you care about. It's a continuation of her Rizzoli and Isles uh, series. So I was very excited to have a new Rizzoli and Isles book out. Uh, Publisher, we- Publisher Weekly has dubbed her the medical suspense queen, and so I'm very excited to bring you this interview where we talk about her writing process, uh, the hit TV show that ran for seven seasons based on her characters, uh, about her inception-like cameo on Rizzoli and Isles, and a lot more. So stay tuned for episode number 55 with Tess Garrison. Hey everybody, Alan Peterson here, and on Skype I have the internationally best-selling author, uh, Tess Gerritsen, and very excited to talk to her. Uh, how are you doing, Tess, this morning? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day in Maine. From your bio, now you actually, you, you graduated from Stanford University, and you, stud- you studied medical school here in San Francisco, uh, so do mm-hmm. you have any fond memories of the, of the San Francisco Bay Area? Oh my gosh, uh, San Francisco was like, it was like the best place to be when you're young, great restaurants and so much happening and just a, f- a fun city. And uh, did you start to uh, write, uh, get your writing ideas here or was that, did that come later on? Well, I was, I was writing since I was seven years old. So I, you know, even before I started medical school, I thought of myself as a storyteller. I just didn't think anybody could make a living at it. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, medical school is probably more uh, uh, of a sure thing if you can, if you can get through it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you know, once once you're admitted to medical school, unless you really mess up, you're probably going to be called doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, were you a fan of thrillers as a reader before you started to write them? Is that why you started to, when you decided to write that you, you went to the thriller genre? 
Well, I was a big fan of mysteries. I mean, when I grew up, it was uh, Nancy Drew. You know, girls just read Nancy Drew. Um, and then I, I also loved um, gothic suspense, which is usually, you know, a, a scary house and a woman trapped there. And so um, I think I was always attracted to murder mysteries. I just didn't really think of myself as a thriller writer until I wrote my first medical thriller. Hmm. Yeah, and you started with the romantic thrillers. I saw that in your bio. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know that. Uh, how? What, what made you make the transition from uh, romantic thrillers to medical thrillers? So I was doing romantic thrillers because um, one of my patients introduced me to the romance genre, and I really enjoyed reading romantic suspense. So of course, you know, you you write what you love to read, and I did nine of those. Um, but then I had a conversation with a homicide detective who told me this really harrowing thing that he'd learned while he was in Moscow. Um, he was told by the police there that they thought children were disappearing from the streets, being kidnapped and sent off uh, to be organ donors, you know, cut open and their organs uh, harvested for rich people. So I, I'm a mom and I, that, really, that really, really horrified me. And I thought after a couple of weeks of, of sort of thinking about this, Wow, that's a great topic for a thriller novel, and that's where my first book, Harvest, my first medical thriller, Harvest, came about. It was, I think, truly the first thriller that I've ever written, and it was the first time I used medicine. I mean, this is—I'm a doctor, but it was the first time I really used medicine in a book. Even though you had the medical background, did you still have to do a lot of research uh, that went into doing that? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm in internal medicine, and um, Harvest was really about uh, cardiothoracic surgeons. So I did have to learn um, a lot more about um, surgical technique. I had to learn more about um, especially the, um, the way organs are matched to recipients. I mean, that was something I had to do some research into. But a lot of the medicine, of course, was I already knew. It's, it's funny that I had not used medicine. I, I used to think that medicine was kind of not all that interesting, but that's, that's because I did it every day. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and then later on, people said, I love the medical details. And I thought, really, that's just kind of like a work day for me. So I learned from that. Uh, the people really want to know secrets. They want, to, they want the inside scoop on an occupation they don't have access to. Yeah, that's, that's what makes it so, uh, so much fun to read. Because, yes, yeah, like for readers, like, you know, discovering a whole new, uh, a whole new world. Yeah, I mean, you learn, you learn how doctors think. Uh, you learn how they approach an issue. I mean, when you're, you, so you're given a sick patient. How does a doctor, you know, approach that patient? How do they, how do they go through this, this process of eliminating what it can't be and and what what will it be? So, um, learning the ask that you know they the way doctors approach problems, how they think, um, the things they don't want you to know. For instance, you know, some some there are some patients we hate. <laughs> some patients we just don't want to see. Um, and that, but that's not something a doctor's not going to tell you. And and you can find that out in fiction. Were you practicing medicine while you were writing these books at the same time? No, I am. Uh, well, my first two books I was practicing part-time. I, I really left medicine because I just could not find childcare for my babies. My husband is a doctor as well, and there were nights when we would both get called into the hospital in the middle of the night, and we have two sleeping babies oh. at home. What do you do? What do you do? You know, you can't, you can't call somebody at 3 a.m. and say, can you come over and watch my kid? So it got to be so stressful um, that I, th I said, I'm gonna stay home for a while and, and write, write stories the way I've always wanted to. So you say you started writing since uh, you were uh, seven. So you, so it's always been something you wanted to do, but you just didn't think it was you could make a a, a, a living from it. 
Well, that's what my father told me. <laughs> I, I come from very conservative Asian American parents. And for them, um, as with many people that are, you know, immigrants or, or close to having been immigrants, uh, security is everything. And in the United States, for Asians, security means a, some, a career in the sciences, uh, engineering, uh, medicine, physics, things like that, uh, computers. And my, my father wanted me to have a, a secure career. So that's uh, why he pushed me into medical school. In a medical thriller, the protagonist is usually a, a doctor? Is that the... Mm-hmm. A doctor or a nurse, somebody in the, somebody in the medical profession. Oh, okay. Because then, of course, you're Rizzoli and Isles, uh, you know, uh, Maura Isles is a doctor, a medical examiner, but that's more considered of a crime fiction. Then that would be the difference right. between those two? Yeah, I think the difference between a medical thriller um, and other thrillers is that the heart of the medical thriller has to do with either, um, you know, medicine or medical um, ethical questions. So, and a lot of this takes place in the hospital. It really has to do with the work that doctors do. And so did you put any parts of your personality into Rizzoli and Isles or both of them or just one of them? (laughs) No, yeah, just one of them. (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) Jane Rizzoli, you know, I interviewed a, a couple of women cops prior to writing The Surgeon, which was the first Rizzoli and Isles, well, the first Rizzoli book. And um, I, I came away with with the impression that they were hard-charging women. They were very, they were smart-alecky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they complained about how they were treated as women, um, as, you know, here they are, cops, and yet they are fighting for respect every day. And so that, that was, that part of the personality went into Jane. Uh, Jane was fighting for respect uh, in the first book. Maura Isles, uh, being a medical professional, I sort of grafted myself into her. She believes in science. She wants a logical explanation for everything. She wants to be able to un- to explain the unex- unex- inexplainable. Um, and there's a lot of that in this world. <laughs> so that was me. And that really is me. I, whenever somebody says this weird thing happened, I always want to know, well, why did that happen? And what, what were the events that led up to this happening? So yes, it's, it's, she's very much me. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I was trying to think back about that. So the first book, the first Brazilian Isles book, did it feature uh, uh, Isles at all? Or? No. Oh, okay. No, That's what I thought. Uh, you know, yeah, the surgeon was a one-off, or it was meant to be a one-off. <laughs> it was meant to be a, a book really focusing on another heroine named Catherine Cordell, who is a surgeon. And Jane Rizzoli was just a minor character. She was the partner of the lead detective, Thomas. Um, and I had every intention of killing Jane in that book. She was, you know, she was supposed to die in that story. I sort of had her death planned out. Uh, but she started to grow on me as a character. I began to like her even though she was at heart unlikable <laughs> uh, and by the end of the story when she was supposed to die I I couldn't do it you know she survived me and I thought well what happens to her next she's so interesting what happens to this prickly you know hard driven hard driving woman and so I wrote the second book which was The Apprentice and in that book I introduced a secondary character uh, Maura Isles was just a medical examiner uh, and Eventually, after after twelve books, they become really close friends. Yeah, so an, an aspect that I really enjoy of your books is uh, the Rizzoli and Isle books is um, is how they they get along and how how it's changed through the books. But uh, I remember reading it and and it was so cool because like Dr. Isles would explain things or describe things in in very medical terms, and then Rizzoli would translate it for us <laughs> in in U.S. Right. in street English. <laughs> right. That- because- 
Yeah, I mean, if you just had two doctors talking in real life, you wouldn't understand if you heard of what they say. So, so Jane is sort of the every person. She's the every, you know, she's, she's the reader. She's, she wants a translation. So now with the TV show, of course, now whenever I, I'm talking about that, I just see the, the, the two actresses. How did that whole process uh, uh, work out? I mean, was it uh, from the time that Hollywood came knocking on your door till it was on TV? Was it a pretty fast process or did it take for a long time? It was a pretty fast process. Now, I, I have, you know, I've sold stuff to Hollywood before. I think I've sold three other three other properties to, well, optioned them off. I sold two and I optioned one. Uh, and nothing ever happened with those with those stories. So I had gotten a pretty jaded view of uh, Hollywood buys your stuff and then they go away and you never hear from them again. So when um, the book rights, the uh, TV rights to Rizzolian Isles were first optioned, I just, I cashed the check and forgot about it. <laughs> and I did, never really thought anything would happen. But a year later, they had a good script. They cast Angie, Angie Harmon as Jane Rizzoli. And it was like, you know, it was like, rails that thing just just went on and it became uh top rated on tnt and i was i was really sort of my head was spinning by how fast once it started happening how fast it did happen yeah and it went that was like six seven years it ran over 100 episodes seven seven uh seasons seven yeah. seasons That's amazing yeah and uh, it was such a great show the and it went out it went out number one i mean it um it went out uh, at the top of the ratings um and it was by and by Every every measure, it was a, a really big success as a TV show. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a great show. And I, I was a fan of Angie Harmon from her Line Order days, too. So I remember when it came on, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch that. And then, yeah. Yeah, so... And I hadn't uh, at that time, I hadn't read your books yet. So that, and then I went back and started reading your books. I'm like, hey, these are great. And, I mean, they're... A lot of they did a great job. The actresses did, but the the characters in your books were a little, you know, there was a little more different nuances. But after yeah. a while... Once I started reading them after the show, I just kept seeing the actresses. <laughs> I know, I know that that. <clears throat> unfortunately, there is a there is a, a disconnect between the way Jane looks in the books, which is very ordinary, and she's short and she's not attractive. And then we have Angie Harmon playing her. <laughs> so that was that. And then the same thing with Maura Isles. Um, she's very different from from the way she looks in the books. And uh, I know some people have a hard time flipping back and forth. But uh, I wanted to be very certain that my story stayed the way I first described them, because there are many readers who will never watch TV, um, and I didn't want to confuse them. I must have missed this one, that you had a cameo on one of the episodes? I did. Last, the last season, it was really funny, because I knew that it was, it was ending. The showrunner emailed me and said, would you want to do a cameo? I said, okay. I mean, I was a little <laughs> nervous. Uh, and the part they wrote for me was so funny. The way the story is, is it was moving is that Maura Isles is thinking of leaving the Emmy's office and becoming a crime writer. So <laughs> she goes to a, uh, a convention of mystery authors, and there I am. And uh, they ask her, hey, you want to meet Tess Gerritsen? She's a really well-known <laughs> mystery writer. So, yes, I, I play myself in this cameo, meeting my characters. It's really this, you know, <laughs> a story within a story. Yeah, that's like a Inception kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> the character that you created is asking you about writing, and then you're going to write her later on. <laughs> well, let me tell you that there's another, there's like another a twist of the Inception thing. Which is, I'm writing a crime novel now, which is not Rizzoli and Isles, and I'm thinking of publishing it under the name Maura Isles. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> now, yes, she has, the TV character has become a crime writer, and now she's writing books. Um, and I don't even have to change the, uh, 
the author bio because it's pretty much a retired doctor that writes a name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that'd be a lot of fun. I've seen those. Uh, uh, um, I can't remember Angela Lansbury's character on Murder She Wrote, but she now I've seen her name on books. <laughs> right, that's right. Yes, yeah, Jessica Fletcher. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that'd be great. Um, so, uh, so that's what you're working on now. Um, and then your uh, your book, your latest book is a is a Rizzoli Niles. I know a secret. And I just started reading it. I'm only on two chapters. Um, I don't want to give uh, uh, too much away on that, but uh, a lot of it's happening, especially on the personal level for uh, uh, Mora, for uh, Dr. Isles. Can you tell us a little bit about the plot and how you got the idea for it? Well, uh, way back in Body Double, which was book number four, Mora Isles, who was an adopted baby, finds out about her birth parents. Um, her birth parents have always been a mystery to her, and now she she finds out who her mother was or is, and it's a horrifying discovery because her mother uh, was a, a, she was a murderer. She uh, was a serial killer, and she's now serving time lifetime sentence in prison. So Amora's um, relationship with this woman named Amalthea is, um, is really this mixture of, oh, my God, that's my DNA in this woman, and oh, my God, what does this mean about me? What kind of monster blood do I have in my own veins? So she's she finally sort of disconnected herself from this woman because she realized a woman was evil and manipulative and she hasn't seen her in a couple of years but now her mother is dying of cancer so Mara feels this is her last chance to say goodbye to this woman even though she despises her and um, when she goes to see her in the hospital her mother is still up to her old tricks and is manipulating Mora again and telling her, I know things that um, you don't know yet. You're going you're gonna to find another one. And Mora has no idea what this means. But pretty soon there is a, a dead body and she wonders how much her mother knows. Are you going to have uh, more Resilient Isles uh, in the future? or what do you... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel, I feel like I tied up a lot of emotional loose ends mm -hmm. in I Know a Secret. And I don't think I need to write another one. I, I think I've answered all the questions that people had about what happens to these two women and their families and the people in their circle. And right now I'm working on uh, some other projects. This other book that I'm working on, which is a thriller that may or may not involve a ghost. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a, uh, a documentary film uh, with my son about this is weird about the life, the long history of pigs and humans. That that relationship. Oh yeah, <laughs> the animal, the pig, and I'm working on um, a possible new television series, uh, which I can't really talk too much about. But let's just say it, um, it's looking really good. Oh, that's a, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, you got a, a full plate. <laughs> yeah, and here, I, you know, I thought I was retiring. I, in fact, I. Uh, I didn't sign a new book contract because I thought I wanted to go into semi-retirement, and it's not working out that way at all. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound that way. <laughs> uh, so now, when you're in the writing mode, I was kind of curious about your process. Do you like? Um, so you were? Uh, did you outline your stories before you started to write them, or did you? Were you, were you one of those uh, authors that would just sits down and starts writing? <laughs> I don't outline my stories. Every time I've tried to do that, I just end up tearing up the outline and throwing it away. So, um, no, I'm really very much a, oh, my God, that's a great idea. What happens next? And I just start writing. I have, you know, kind of a mental map of where I'm going, but so often I, I'm taken by surprise. Uh, middle of the story, it takes a left turn or, to, you know, spins around on itself. So I, I don't write an outline, and even if I have an idea, I don't stick to it. Uh, because I like the story to to surprise me. Do you write like in a like in the same spot, like a lucky spot, or is it just like an office? Or 
Yeah, I have an office. I have, it's in my house. It's, oh. uh, it's over the garage, and it looks out over the ocean, so I can't ask for a better spot. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's good. good spot to get uh, some good inspiration going. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I think the only the only thing that um, is is probably keeping me from being more productive is the internet. So I should uh, <laughs> to disconnect. <laughs> yeah, I think I read that John Gershom said he his office is unwired, disconnected. <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, the your, like, your medical thrillers were standalones, right? So you could go back and read those. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I had um, there was Harvest Life Support. Bloodstream, Gravity, um, and The Bone Garden, which was sort of a historic, historical medical thriller. And then that, those, were the, those were the five. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell your, our listeners? Yeah, I'm, I, I think the, the great thing about, about being a writer is that you're free to explore any topic. And in the course of my career, I've done everything from medical thrillers to um, science fiction to historical. I mean, I did... Um, the Bone Garden took place in 1830s, and it was a look at early medicine. So um, I, it's it's a fantastic job because you can you can satisfy your curiosity wherever your curiosity takes you. When you first started querying out, when you first got started, did did that one get accepted, or do you have to go through the whole <laughs> rejection? No, I've been through rejection. My first two novels, I think of them as practice novels, did not find a home. But a Call After Midnight, which was my romantic, my first romantic suspense novel that got published, it sold over the transom. I mean, I I I uh, sent it into Harlequin, and I sent it to an agent simultaneously, and they both responded simultaneously. So it was like the you know. Who knows what book is is going to be the final book that sells? But it took it took me two unpublished manuscripts to really figure out what I was doing. That's a good, that's a good way of looking at it. Practice uh, practice books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what what I also learned, and it took me actually probably more books than that, is to get comfortable with your process. And my process is to write a really crappy first draft. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have learned that it's important for me not to stop and rewrite. It's really important to leave your editor, to shut your editor up off, you know, shut her up in a, in a closet somewhere and just play and play with the story. And then only after the first draft is finished do I go back and and, and look at the flaws and then start to rewrite. How many drafts do you usually uh, write? Well, yeah, generally seven. Oh, wow. I mean, that's... <laughs> Because I have such bad first yeah. drafts, I have to go back and fix and fix and oh, fix. So that's good. To, that's a, that's great for uh, listeners who are writing. Sometimes think, oh, the, the first draft is so terrible. Well, I th- usually, it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you have to give yourself permission to write badly because nobody's ever going to see that draft. It's just, it's just you just sort of like put out the story, and the story will change on you. I had a story called Vanish where. It starts off with um, Maura Isles. Here's a noise in the morgue, and she opens up a body bag, and there's a body who's just come come awake. <laughs> the person is not really dead. So I was writing that first draft, and it was a man in the body bag. And I got halfway through that story, and I was bored. And I thought, oh, why am I so bored with the story? And I, I realized that if it were a woman in the body bag, the story became much more interesting. And so I just kept on writing from that point on as if it had always been a woman in the bag from the beginning. And so if you looked at that first draft, you'd start off with a, a male character suddenly becomes a woman. Um, and it would make no sense to you, but I just did it that way so I didn't have to go back and fix things. Oh, so yeah, so you just kept waiting from there. Yeah, that's excellent. That's- right, and then you go back and yeah, fix it, yeah. yeah. Um, I also want to say, uh, so when you're not writing, uh, what are some of your uh, hobbies? Oh, I... Um, I love to travel. Uh, I'm a 
I call myself a lifelong tourist. <laughs> so, yeah, I love to travel. Uh, I garden. I play the fiddle. Um, in fact, my violin music um, became the center of one of my mysteries called Playing with Fire. Um, and I mean, music was like that was the, you know, music became the reason for that story. Um, so I think that writers really need to keep their curiosity uh, alive and always follow your interests and always cultivate new interests because you never know what will end up in a story. Well, that's great. Well, I want to thank you so much uh, for taking your time for, uh, uh, for the interview. Uh, it's, uh, it's been so great talking to you. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun, especially since I didn't have to have my face on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I keep getting a lot about that because uh, I, I guess videos are becoming so popular now, but I, I'm still more of an audio. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I like not having to get made up and dressed up for this. I mean, you have no idea what I'm wearing right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad you could do it uh, in a more comfortable uh, interview setting then. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it and um, looking forward to uh, your new projects. Well, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. For more information about Tess Garrison, head on out to her website at TessGarrison.com. You'll find information there about her books, her background, her film and TV projects, and a lot of great stuff over there on her website, including an excerpt of her newest book, I Know a Secret, which is the Resilient Isles novel that we talked about during this interview. Um, if you head on out to TessGarrettson.com, you can read an excerpt uh, from I Know a Secret uh, right from her website. Now, the, um, the book is, of course, available everywhere where they uh, sell books. Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, uh, iBooks, Target. And it's available, of course, uh, in print as well as digital uh, versions. So whichever way you prefer to read nowadays, you can have your way. And she's also uh, available on Facebook and Twitter. If you go on those uh, sites, uh, look her up by her name, Tess Garrison, you'll be able to find her. And I'll have links to all this on my website. But if you're listening to uh, the podcast, uh, don't want to go over to my website, just uh, type in TessGarrison.com in your browser and you'll be there. I do want to ask you to uh, please, uh, if you have a, a moment to uh, rate and review this uh, podcast, it's a great way of uh, getting the word out. Uh, about the podcast because uh, that's what uh, uh, I, especially on iTunes is, which is the biggest uh, podcasting directory and that's how they uh, you get better placement on their uh, podcasting directory if the, the more reviews and, and ratings the podcast has so it'll only take a, a minute or two of your time to go over there and, and just uh, to hit the rating or do a little review uh, would be much appreciated so thank you for listening to the this episode of meet the thriller author and until next time i'll talk to you later